I, I think it, something about turning 40 made me say, is this going to be the rest of my life? And, and so that's when I looked up early retirement. Welcome to the Quit Work Podcast, 15-minute conversations with people who have quit their job and gone their own way. I'm Mark, and today I'm talking to the Dragons on Fire, a couple living in the United States who were both born in the Year of the Dragon. Dragon Gal has been retired almost five years, and Dragon Guy for two and a half years, even though they're only in their forties. Dragons on Fire, welcome to the Quit Work Podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. We're happy to be here. I'd like to start, if that's okay, with the, the thing that turned your lives upside down in your mid-30s when Dragon Guy was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. That must have been devastating for both of you. How did it change how you think about your lives? Yeah, it definitely was a challenging time. I was 34, and you just don't expect to get cancer in your 30s. And so it, it, it was scary. It just changed a lot. But I think you know, looking back, it really was a lot of change for good. I think it got me and both of us together to kind of change our, our mindset and our lifestyle. You know, we're healthier now, we're more well-rounded. I think we fell into the traps of, you know, working hard, staying up late, not eating healthy, yeah. all that stuff. And we really had to prioritize all of those aspects. It didn't happen right away, but, it you know, over a good five to seven years of kind of just taking back control of our own lives and realizing what we prioritize and what was not as important to us and we're much better off for it now and i say yeah. both of us because it's not just the cancer patient it's also like the caregiver that is part of yeah. the journey and what they do dragon guy does is just as important as what i have to go through in that whole process for me it's our our health is our wealth that's really yeah a huge part of what we got from it and you can have as much money as you want, but if you have zero energy, if you have a chronic illness that is just really affecting your quality of life, then that really does affect how you're going to be able to maybe enjoy your money or use your money. Yeah. Your health is your wealth, and we diversify our health portfolio through not just eating right and working out, but making sure we're mentally healthy as well. It's very easy to go through your life without thinking about any of these things, but uh, when something like this happens, it really gets you to thinking about what you want from your life, what is most important to you. For sure. Right. For sure. I feel fortunate, too, that I, I had a, a leukemia that was much more manageable. You know, I just took pills every day, and, you know, so ultimately I was able to kind of live my normal life. So, uh, you know, I'm very glad that I could get back to some normalcy pretty quickly, and... It made me change my thinking a lot of things, but it still didn't really slow down ultimately doing the things that we like to do, like travel and and so forth. We should say for listeners that that drug therapy has done amazing things for you and it has got the leukemia under control. So I'm very happy to hear that yes. that's the way it's going for you. Yes, you. knock on wood. Thank you. <laughs> So let's go back to the jobs that you retired from. A dragon gal, you worked as a teacher. And I read on one of your blog entries that you found yourself teaching 160 different students every day. <laughs> so That's how right. was that? That's right. It, 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 teaching is fun. It's also super overwhelming and exhausting on a daily basis. And at that point, I was teaching 
language, Mandarin, to the entire elementary school. Many elementary school students have music, art, PE, and language was part of that rotation. And so I saw seven classes per day. And yeah. it was rewarding, but overwhelming. <laughs> I can imagine. That's yeah. just an yeah. enormous <laughs> number of people to be in front of every day. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I just, in my 40s, I just one day, I, I think it, something about turning 40 made me say, is this going to be the rest of my life? Yeah. And, and so that's when I looked up early retirement. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Dragon Guy, you worked in finance uh, and you also, well, the both of you have a passion for travel. So, so what was working in finance like for you and uh, how did you balance it with your wanting to travel? So yeah, I've been finance for my entire career, and I love numbers. I love the number crunching, building models. In fact, I, I still do modeling at home for myself, sort of my way of keeping that skill sharp. You know, there's various different aspects of finance. I fortunately was in one that most of my schedule was very known in advance. I did the budgets for a lot of companies, so I always knew that the fall was budget season, and that was a time where I was going to be really busy, but otherwise, throughout the year, I could kind of plan things. You know, I knew... I didn't have a lot of fire drills. You know, if I was in the mergers and acquisitions or in more of an analysis role where, you know, something can be dropped on my desk tonight, like, hey, this is due in two days and well, there goes my weekend. But I didn't have that. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of picked the roles that I had more control over our, our schedule. And yeah, actually in 20 years, I don't think I ever had to like cancel any time off from work. Yeah, Maybe I had to do a little bit of work while traveling, but we were able to take all of our time off and travel. I know plenty of people that, they had vacations ruined or they had, you know, they were pretty much working all vacation because yeah. they were in a job that just kind of never stopped. But in yeah. mine, at least I knew like, okay, September, October is budget season. You're not going anywhere, but <laughs> yeah. other times of the year, you got, you got much more control over what you're doing. So yeah, maybe it wasn't as glamorous as some of those other roles, but like it, you know, it was a definitely a needed function in, in, in a corporate environment. And so yeah. I knew it wasn't going away. And so I had good job security with it. I think people are thinking more and more about that kind of flexibility these days. Yeah, yes. It used to be that having the high-powered job where you'd have to do things at the last minute and work through the weekend and have your vacation ruined was the, the way to go. But these days, I think people are a little bit more switched on. They, they, they want a life outside of work. Exactly. I think ultimately that was probably the reason why I got comfortable with early retirement as well. I, I think, you know, I'd worked my way up the, the ladder, but then I got to a point where like, I just don't. I don't need to go any higher. I don't need, you know, yeah. people above me, they're they're on call more often, you know, late nights, weekends. I'm like, I'm I'm happy with the title I got to and where I am, so I just don't need that anymore. And so that's how I kind of ended my career. I in my last two and a half years, I moved out of finance. I was more on a system project implementation team. And so it was something yeah. different, but it was a good way to just sort of a lateral move, you know, in my organization, you know, using the knowledge I had, but not the the same pressures or the same need to continue to work my way up the ladder. You say you love to build Excel models, but uh, the first time you ever modeled your finances as a whole, you discovered that you'd already reached financial independence without even knowing it. So how did that happen? You know, I think it really was is we just invested from the beginning every month yeah. through the ups and the downs. And I think when I set things up to, you know, to put so much money away every month, it was sort of on autopilot and the longer it happened, the harder it was for me to figure out how to unwind it. And so it was just easier to just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to set up your finances. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was 20 years ago when I set it up. I probably was more 
I did more research on where to put the money, you know, which now I, I'm keeping things simpler with index funds. But yeah. so there was just like, well, if I, if I have to get out of all this, I have to sell it and there's tax implications. And so I'm just going to keep going and yeah. not worry about it. And eventually I, I did more research. When I learned about fire and financial independence, I did more research on understanding how to simplify that and, you know, ways that it's not so yeah. difficult. But I think I just set that up and was kind of like overwhelmed with figuring out how to stop it. Yes. So I just kept going. And so we were very fortunate that we, you know, started investing in the early 2000s and so went through the dot-com and just kept yeah. kept putting money away and, you know, try to live below our means. And we bought a house eight, 19 years ago and, you know, we thought about moving, but we didn't because we were like, well, we'd have to pay some more money to move. So why would we do that? When yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a better place, but why would I spend more money? And so we, we just tried to be smart about how we managed our money. And then, you know, the stock market kind of did did what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Compounding worked is really our story. <laughs> you can never rely on it. You never know whether there's going to be like a 10 or 15 year period of the stock market That's being true. flat. That's, but yeah. It is extraordinary how just making those decisions early on and making sensible financial decisions, both about your spending and your investing, it really can compound over time. Yes. I think we were the example of how buy and hold does work. Yeah. But obviously, as you said, like the last 20 years have been very favorable for yes. that. But yeah. yeah. I, will, I will say once we did find fire, though, we were very much more intentional about having conversations on an almost weekly basis about how I could quit. Yes. <laughs> so so I, found, I found fire in February. Yes. And I quit at the end of June. That's amazing. It was an amazing process. We were, I think, speaking weekly about, okay, what do I need to do with my 403B plan? We wanted to max that out. So how are we going to do that? We were starting to be very serious about tracking our money. And just because we were doing that, we saw a dramatic decrease in our spend. I mean, yes, we did deliberately cut quite a few items from yeah. our spend. But then just because we were monitoring it, we saw it, yeah. a dramatic decrease. Yeah. And I think it was just because we were being a lot more aware about where we were spending our money and just asking ourselves the questions, do we really need to spend? Yeah. What is the value of our money? What are we spending our money for? What kind of items did you find you were cutting that were having an effect on your spending? So we cut our gym membership. We yeah. said, okay, we're just going to exercise outside. Yeah. We got rid of our cleaning service, which was very hard. Our yeah. cleaning lady was practically family. Yeah. But I was no longer working full time and we thought, well, I need to start cleaning. And I'm yep. sorry, <laughs> sorry, my cat. Um, I'm so sorry. Oh, the cat is welcome to the podcast. Okay, <laughs> okay so sorry. They, they're, they're the boss of the family. so Of course. <laughs> if we had closed the door, they, you would have heard them from even more from them. So we so, were just like... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what else did we cut? We cut cable. We cut XM oh, yeah. radio. Yeah, we cut XM radio. We decreased our lawn yeah. service. Um, yeah. We eventually quit tennis lessons and just... Played on, yeah, our own. played on our own. I mean, at the end of the day, these are yeah. things that we didn't value enough to keep them in. We didn't feel like we had to deprive ourselves to get rid of them. And as I said, like exercise, well, we can go walk outside and bike and walk or jog, yeah. or we have a neighborhood swimming pool that's open in the summer, so that can replace the gym. 
it's amazing those subscription things like the gym membership like the cable they just go out every month you don't realize how much it adds up to sometimes you don't even need to cut anything you know sometimes you can just you know I, i just replaced my internet service i get twice the speed for half the price now and i that's that's no sacrifice at all i'm getting a better service for less money so there are things you can do that's right I will say that one thing I think that really helped us is like by not knowing that we had reached financial independence until after we learned about it. Because I think if we'd have learned about it earlier and we set a target, it would have been this like journey there and it would be like, okay, we hit it. And, you know, we would have really tried hard to get there versus sort of finding out after the fact, you know, what I like to call like unknown five. (laughs) It wasn't this pressure to get to that place to then wonder, is that enough? It was just like, oh, we we got it. We passed a certain number. Well, now we can just decide what we want to do with it, like at our own timeline versus just this, Yeah. oh, I'm going to set a goal of five years to get there and then hopefully I hit it and put that burden on us. So it's nice to kind of just find out about it after the fact and realize that we could do this if we wanted to. So let's talk about early retirement. Rack and Gal, you've written that when you were working, you'd often blame any negative feelings on your job. But uh, now you've retired, you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> and you've also been very open in your writing about you know guilt and loneliness and sadness in early retirement. So how do you deal with those negative feelings? Sure. I have just come to the realization that it's, no- it's normal. It's normal to have yeah. negative emotions about just anything, you know, anything. And it can happen if you're on a job or not. Yes. And it's okay. And... I acknowledge the feeling. I, if I'm sad, I cry. If I'm mad, I scream. And then, and maybe I'll write, yeah. do a little journaling to discover, you know, maybe what's behind that feeling and kind of what are some next steps, what I can do to move forward. Which sounds very simple, right? But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a little, indeed. <laughs> it's a little bit more complex than that. I guess I just feel empowered now in my early retirement because I don't feel as stressed yeah. to really work through some of the feelings of, you know, sadness or loneliness. And there's always something you can try to do surrounding the feeling. And if not, then I always come to this understanding that the feeling will eventually pass. In some ways, it's wonderful to accept the responsibility for your own feelings now sure. that there's no longer anything to blame it on. You're, you've got more control over your own life. It's it's kind of liberating to say, okay, I'm I accept responsibility for my feelings now, and I'm not going to give myself a hard time if I'm feeling down, but I'm not going to turn that out onto the world and start blaming my circumstances, for example. That's very true. Yes. Many couples who retire, even at the regular age, let alone at an early age, find it an adjustment to suddenly be spending so much time together. So how have the two of you handled that transition? We definitely, I think, have gone through some adjustments. We've had to sort of figure out what kind of schedules work well for each other. I think the Dragon Gal, she had two and a half years before I retired to have the house to herself. And then, so it definitely was a little odd when I was suddenly in the house with her yeah. most of the days, you know, I would be like, hey, let's go exercise and, or hey, what are we doing this afternoon? Or what are, let's talk about this topic. And so there was a lot of this, hey, why do I keep getting pulled into these tasks? And why are you being like taskmaster to me? <laughs> And yeah. before I re- retired, she could just do whatever she wanted and go out for a walk when she yeah. wanted and not have to like answer to anyone. So 
we, we had to establish some routines on like, okay, these are the days of the week or times where we're going to meet and talk about things we need to talk about, whether it's financials or playing a trip or running errands, whatnot. And then we sort of, we made sure to bake in some of our own time. And, you know, we, we realized after a few months that it does help to have our own space to do our own things. Yes. If I'm doing some contract work, you know, I'm in another room or I have a list of projects that I'm working through, like I sort of call it professional time. Yes. Just my own random tasks. And so, absolutely. you know, we're using separate spaces to do that just so we can be focused. And I think that it makes it more enjoyable when we're back together, whether it's exercising or eating together or running errands, you know, when we have had our own time apart and then come together to do joint things. I've learned I have to drop the ego solo. Very, very low. I had to drop my ego extremely low because what's happened is we had to really work on our communication. Okay. We had to bring our communication to the next level. And and I just had to accept he was going to give me feedback and sometimes it would be kind of intense. And sometimes I would be mad, you know, like, oh, how could you yeah. say this to me? Yeah. Or vice versa or vice versa. Yeah. But then I just had to realize, okay, we're partners <laughs> His happiness is very important. We are, you know, in each other's, we're in a space together. Yeah. And we need to work through it. We need to compromise. Yeah. And the feedback is important because if he doesn't give it to me, how can I make changes? Or how can we both make changes for it to work for both of us? This is to make our relationship stronger or even our own individual experiences stronger. I've also come to kind of know us better individually. It's interesting to see how both of us use time differently. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think we maybe kind of knew that about each other in the back of our minds, maybe. But it didn't really come to light until we retired. He's very steady, disciplined, has a list every day. He's working through, methodical. I am, no, I am more spontaneous. I'm very cyclical in how I'm interested in things. Oh, I'm really intensely interested in this one little project for two weeks and then boop, next week I've, I've <laughs> collapsed. You know, I've collapsed. Yes. <laughs> or I've, you know, dropped it completely. Yeah. But that's very different. Yeah. Which can lead to some friction, perhaps. But we've learned that that's just who we are and we, I think we accept it. We accept it. Yeah. We've had to work through multiple iterations of how we do our chores because we do believe yeah. in splitting things fairly equally. We've just recently come to realize, though, that while we split our household chores equally, that he takes on most of the paperwork, however. And so that's come to light in our second full year together that that needs to be addressed. So it's still evolving. I really appreciate your being open to my asking these kinds of questions that I've been asking you because there's this idea as you're working towards financial independence that once you get there, life will be wonderful. Mm. And of course, that's partially the case. Life is more in your control. It's more your own, but life is still life. So it's great that you're open to talking about that and talking about how there are things that still need to be ironed out in your life uh, oh, yeah. long after early retirement. Yeah. So one final question for you. It's obviously been quite a ride for the two of you. What advice would you give other people who are interested in pursuing financial independence and retiring early? I think it's important to know what you're going to do when you retire. Yeah. Or be the type of person that can be independent. So I didn't specifically have things that I knew I was going to do 
but I also knew that I was a very independent person and could craft my days, that I always had projects that would keep me busy. I know Dragon Gale was always like, you need to figure out what you're going to do when you retire. I was like, I know, I know. And then when I got to retirement, I was like, I just started creating lists of things I wanted to do, learn about this, research this, build this, you know, understand this. And that just filled my days. And so I didn't necessarily have the things ready beforehand, but yeah. I was a very disciplined person to kind of create my days. So if someone was going to go into early retirement and didn't know what they were going to do or wasn't as independent in crafting their day, they would potentially struggle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, financial independence and retiring early is really about listening to your own voice. I think so often we get caught up in things that look good. Look on Instagram. That looks amazing. Look on Twitter. That looks so amazing. But is that really what I want for myself? Yeah. And the answer might be yes or no or something in between. And it's really following my own script and, and knowing myself. And I think that is kind of an ongoing process. Yeah. Certainly, I've had times in the past where I didn't work as much, and I didn't really know how to enjoy those times. But now, you know, 10 years later, I'm able to enjoy my early retirement, because, I think because I know myself better and the things that I do value. And that's, that has taken time. And that has taken, I think, trying different scripts and saying, okay, well, that doesn't really work. So I'm going to edit the script here yeah. for what works for me. I think there's a lot of that in the FIRE community, just that personal finance is personal. Not everyone yes. likes to travel like we do. Some people do real estate, but we're not into real estate, and that's okay. Listeners, if you'd like to connect with the Dragons on Fire, you can follow them on Twitter at Dragon Guy and Gal. And you can find their wonderfully open writing on their website, thedragonsonfire.com. Dragons on Fire, thanks so much for joining me on the Quit Work Podcast. Thank you for Thank you. Us. Thanks for listening to the Quit Work Podcast. I love talking to people who have taken the bold step of quitting their job to start living their true life. Join me for a fresh conversation every week. Subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel at quitworkproject.com. And if you have any comments on this episode, or if you'd like to tell your own quit work story, I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at quitworkproject.com or on Twitter or Instagram at quitworkproject. I hope you too find your way to quitting work and living your true life.